Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez here with Aaron Keller, live at Sheep Show. Um, we recorded another podcast today, and it's just, I don't know, we're just in a podcasting mood. It's always fun to record from Sheep Show. And on top of that, we have a special guest, our Bighorn staff specialist, Mike Cox. Welcome, Mike. Thanks Thank for joining you, us. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks, Aaron. And this was not planned at all. We we had scheduled you to come on and talk with us today, but last night you won an award. You're kind of a big deal around the sheep show today. So well, tell us about I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so um, they have this wild sheep biologist wall of fame, and every year they select um, a worthy candidate that's done a lot for wild sheep, not just you know within their jurisdiction, but westwide. And so, yeah, I was selected to be the next inductee into the Wall of Fame. That is exciting. Pretty, yeah. pretty humbling. Yeah, I was going to say, how does that feel? Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and, and it's not just my work with in Nevada, but I just stepped down as the Wild Sheep Working Group Chair, which is a great group on, under the Western Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies, uh, it's an initiative, and I get to work with all my colleagues throughout the West, including Canada, both on bighorn and thinhorn. Um, and so I was the head sheep herder yeah. <laughs> for six and a half years. Wow. And so uh, I just stepped down this last fall, and so I think probably you in recognition recognized. for that. Yeah. Uh, it's like I said it's very humbling um I just I do it just because I have so much passion for wild sheep bighorn um it's it's just been a labor of love to work with so many great wildlife um biologists and wildlife veterinarians and professionals on the disease issue and restoring sheep um you know I thanked all of our great NGOs who I, I really think they're the best of the West, mm-hmm. you know, Fraternity of we the agree. Desert Bighorn, Nevada Bighorns Unlimited, Reno, Fallon Midas Chapters, Elko Bighorns Unlimited. I gave them all a shout out because they've always had our back. They've always been great for me. Um, they always give me hard questions to answer, <laughs> put me on the spot. But, you know, when when we've got an opportunity to do good stuff, they're they're always there. Uh, moral support, financially support. So it, it's, to me, the word was not just me. It was this huge family of, of people who love wild sheep. Yeah. Who crazy, or cr- they're crazy about it. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Well, and I like before we started, you said you just can't help yourself. It's in your blood sheep conservation (laughs) yeah and it was when i was in southern nevada for a decade when i started with the agency um i I learned from some of the best not not just our own biologists like pat cummings craig stevenson but some of the great people that were with the fraternity that knew so much 
the Bob Bighorn, like Eddie Pribble, uh, Clint Bentley. Yeah, I I talked to him last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, we were we were reminiscing, Ed, Clint, and I uh, last night about some of our projects we were on together and backpack trip that we had on top of Mount Jefferson and yeah. And then the pictures that I gave Kevin Hurley, the the Wild Sheep Foundation uh, director of conservation. Yeah, it was it, he had all three of my rams that I've harvested over the last 30 years and uh yeah brought back a lot of cool memories very cool well congrats mike it was funny like i said we didn't even plan this but it was worth <laughs> talking about for sure yeah <laughs> yeah well we planned to talk to him here not knowing he was going to win an award and it was definitely yeah. worth talking about yeah he's a superstar well so. <laughs> I'm not a superstar because we will talk later yes. on the podcast about some less than stellar information about the status of our herds so should we jump into that or do you have more to ask keller right here yeah I know it. It is. Um, it's it's pretty special. Um, three nights ago, I, I'd have been doing this ever since I was on the working group, which was 2007. We we take all the biologists, we load them up in our rigs, and we take them to some brewery. And uh, so yeah, we went downtown, and there was about 30 of us. <clears throat> and it's just the conversation, sharing of information. It's not just our work, it's about our families, and it's really cool to, to be the one um, that I can sleep in my own bed. Um, although, they're, you know, they're partying. <laughs> 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 and uh, I try not to stay out too late with the, the boys and girls. But <laughs> Sometimes it happens. <laughs> but yeah, I, and I was thinking, uh, I was talking to Gray Thornton uh, a couple nights ago, like this, he, th he and the Wild Sheep Foundation have m mushroomed and ballooned this this show, and and they've done so well. Um, I I just can't believe. Uh, you know, it was big, but now it's huge. Vendors want to be here. They're like, yeah, wow. Definitely. People get pumped up. Well, my a lot of money spent. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. You have your computer here. Yep. It looks like there's a whole bunch of information and numbers on there so should we jump into what sure. we originally were going to talk about from the get-go was uh, one, one of our sheep yeah one of our 
favorite things that people, when they swing by our booth um, on the floor of the convention center is, hey, how did the sheep season go? And so I've been scrambling the last few days trying to organize all the check-in information. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've got um, preliminary results for our California bighorn and our desert bighorn ram hunts. Um, our California ram hunts had some pluses and minuses last year uh, in 2022. We had a total of 54 tags, including all of our specialty tags. And um, we, we had a fairly high hunter success, um, higher than average. Uh, it was 93%. But oh, the downside was we had the highest um, level of days hunted than any other previous. So people were struggling, hunting hard. Uh, several people told us they hunted more than 30, 30 plus days. Oh, wow. It's a two-month season, it's pretty much all September, all of October. And, um, so yeah, the average was almost 10 days for, uh, for all the hunters. And then the average age was one of the lowest on record at just, just above six years of age. We typically average like six and a half to seven. So uh, we're definitely going to be recommending uh, tag reductions in 23. Uh, we set our seasons in January, end of January, uh, with our wildlife advisory boards in every county and then the, mm -hmm. our wildlife commission. But Which is coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, so um, that's the seasons, and then we set the quotas in, in May. May. Yeah, it. yeah. So, um, yeah, and really, and I think we'll maybe we'll wait until we're done with the deserts to talk about all the variables, all the factors that have contributed to some declines that we've had. That, that's a good point, Aaron, because um, I think um, most of the data I've seen from the other states, especially on California bighorn, it, it, it's a pretty quick hunt. Um, I would say averaging five, five days, um, which is kind of average for our, a lot of our mule deer. But, you know, we're always preaching during our seminars, take your time. Um, you don't have to rush. You've got two months, um, and take a break. You know, plan on being out for five days, mm -hmm. for a whole week, and then go home. See your family, recharge your brain, your body, um, and, uh, and then come back. And, you know, because people get burned out um, if they're out there consecutively. And then, and then... You know, you know, your eyeballs are probably doing more work than anything <laughs> on the rest of your body. Um, and then, uh, then once you see them, then then your legs kick in. And they yeah, get you. It's the eyes. Get first. your rear end. Yeah. Still spoiled. 
pretty lucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then the the, the BC score, uh, Boone and Crockett score was was one of the lowest uh, over the last 20 years, and uh, I think that is a huge reflection of the lack of groceries out there during this multi-year drought that was really statewide. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having two to three inches uh, in between annuli on the horns, uh, especially in that three to six years of age, some of those annuli that, that are laid down during the breeding season each year on the horns, there's almost no space. Yeah, there just wasn't a lot of energy that they, a lot of extra energy that these rams had to give to their horn growth. And, and we saw it, and, and that's reflected in uh, the Boone and Crockett scores. Well, I think we might take a break right there, and then we'll get back into all of this information. So, yeah, digest, <laughs> go and digest this information. We'll take this break, and we'll be right back with you. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. We are recording from the Sheep Show today with Mike Cox, our Bighorn Staff Specialist, and also the Wild Sheep Foundation's newest Hall of Famer, (laughs) (laughs) which we got into in the first half. So go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it already. Um, And you were just getting into the status of our sheep populations before the break, and now you have numbers on desert. Yeah, so we went over California. Now we're going to go over our desert Bighorn. Uh, ram season from last year. Uh, overall, we had uh, 280-ish tags, including our specialty tags. And uh, we saw, again, kind of with the California, some, some positive metrics and some less than stellar metrics that are a concern to us. Um, right off the bat, the hunter success was the lowest on record. It was 82%. Um, over the last 15 years, we haven't seen that that low of success. It averages around 90%. Um, so and it may not sound that big, but uh, there's not much change on the average. And uh, people were just really struggling to find mature rams. Um, and, and in units, we, we didn't think that there was an issue. Um, average days hunted was about... Um, little less than average long-term average so that's not bad Uh, those that were successful they were harvesting older age rams Uh, so we averaged almost seven years of age on our desert bighorn which is great we averaged around six and a half so we we definitely still had mature rams out there Um, and then the score the average score was um, down a bit um, probably um, third lowest over the last 20 years. And again, as we talked about the California, just not a lot of groceries, good quality forage during this multi-year drought for the rams. And so they were 
taking care of surviving and not really putting much energy into their horns. And it, and it played out in the scores. Yeah, and and bases are, I would say, more genetically programmed than. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And so I kind of wanted to kind of take this moment for both our Californian deserts to kind of go over why why some of the the bad news. I think that's what people want to hear. So. There's a lot of factors. The past. And, and they're done. I mean, those past years. And so, um, you know, we, we certainly encourage people to harvest mature rams, which is going to be the six, seven, eight-year-old rams predominantly. So whatever was born six, seven, eight years ago is going to be our rams in the present. And so we've looked in the past and including the most last few years and we've had higher ram mortality from the drought and uh, we had some weak lamb recruitment classes six seven eight years ago and so we've we've done a really good job i think of evaluating maintaining our good data of what was available um but we're definitely going to be looking at some Maybe a 15 to 20 percent tag reduction in, in several of our bigger units, and uh, I think the biggest the biggest factor has been the three-year multi-year drought that we've had. That's really affected the entire state. And, and all wildlife too. Oh yeah, I mean whether it's chucker, songbirds, I mean even li- yeah, gosh, <laughs> yeah, our creeks are 10 percent water flow of what they were, and so. That, that has had a huge impact, and of course, I think a lot of people probably heard about all the water holes that we were doing um, over the last two, three years, and we had animals dying of thirst. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to say it and fathom it, but um, there's so many miles separating some of these water sources that when they go dry, whether it's a natural spring or a guzzler, and... Um, you know, we, we were using 30, 40, 50,000 gallons of water uh, during a month of trying to fill these. So, but on top of that, there wasn't any groceries. I mean, there was dry vegetation literally for two full years. There was not a green blade of grass uh, or a shrub. <clears throat> and so that probably took a huge toll on our populations. Um, another thing that has that was part of all that is we've got a lot of excess horses and burrows in many of our bighorn population areas and we've had some gathers but they're still way over population and uh, so they definitely have been competing with our bighorn sheep and our pronghorn our mule deer for forage and water so that that's definitely have had an impact and then um, we've had some areas where we've had pretty high lion predation, um, and sometimes they they target you know mature rams, um, 
Sometimes mature rams aren't always in great escape terrain like the nursery groups are with the ewes and their lambs. So that's had an impact. And uh, we're trying to address that in some units uh, where we've got collared animals and we've got uh, predator control specialists waiting. And we can, as soon as we get a mortality signal from these GPS collars, we can uh, try to send some people out. But one of, the, one of the things I think people don't realize is that we've got still huge disease pneumonia mm-hmm. that are not only killing adults, but, but every year that this is circulating in the herd, our lambs are dying um, within the first three months of life. And so that's had a huge impact. And this, um, we've got a couple situations where we're trying to remove uh, the chronic shedders, the spreaders of this bacteria. And so we, it's a costly venture, and a lot of our NGOs are supporting the, the cost of the collars and the helicopter crews. But once, we've, once we clear and remove the, the chronic shedders, We've got all these special animals that are oh. clean and healthy, and and then we get a lion coming in, and we've we've had like one week they killed four bighorn ewes and rams, uh, just one lion uh, or two, and and so you know we've we've spent so much money trying to restore this herd and remove the disease, only to have mountain lions come in. Yeah, right. and and so, you know, we've got to get these animals back on their feet first, you know, and let that population grow because now there's like some of these suburbs, there's only like six or seven ewes left. And when they come in and kill a couple of ewes, I mean, they're so on the brink of of dying out. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we're, we're struggling with that. So, so there's just been um, a thing. lot of challenges and bad strikes against our wildlife last few years. We are. Our landscape is a canvas that's just, you look at it, and it's like, that's a bighorn mountain. That's a bighorn mountain. And, and so we, even though, as we talk, we're, we're likely going to see a, a reduction, we don't know how big, in the tags. Um, I looked at all of my colleagues. I doing this wild this west wide wild sheep gig i keep I'm kind of the keeper of a lot of data and um, i've got a graphic of all the ram tags west wide and even with a big drop we'll still have more ram hunting opportunities than any other western state so which is huge and that's what i was going to say it's like you list one thing after the next just all these challenges but even after after all that we still have um the biggest yeah bighorn sheep population in so the US. we're looking we're looking our wounds um this moisture is going to be super great to help our herds recover um and we're probably going to be waiting a few years for you know some lamb classes that were three four or five years ago No, no, we, we, we're always going to have these ups and downs. I mean, we, were, we had almost <coughs> 13,000 bighorn in the state just five years ago. 
Um, and so I, I think we can get there in another five years. And so. Yep, yeah. And I, that's what I was going to say. It's promising. I was going to ask you about the moisture. So that's good that we are getting some. In yeah, and it's statewide. Level. Yeah. I mean, they're they're getting deluge down in Clark County. Um, you know, the only fear is, you know, how deep the snow gets. Yeah. And, and whether it's our deer, bighorn, elk, and pronghorn, uh, did they fatten up enough to to weather this pretty once every 50 year snow level event yeah these atmospheric rivers yeah <laughs> also yeah. not a good thing i know here we're i just want precipitation so i'm just like come on we need it but then you realize too much could be a bad thing too but well we'll keep chipping away at it it sounds like you guys are doing tons of work you with every challenge you listed we're still doing things to try and overcome that challenge. Yeah, we're thinking out of the box. We're really working hard. Our, like I said, our NGO partners have been there to help us fund the things that we need to do. And uh, so I, I just come down and contribute to uh, the cause. Exactly. And, and swing yeah. by the, the convention and, and participate at the sheep show. the most passionate people out there. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah I, I, like I said, it's, um, once you do it for a long time, it's just, you can't walk away. They're just such cool animals. They live in such rugged places and, and uh, you just want to do something good for them. And they're cool to see. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Mike, for joining us. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? There is a new documentary that was um, just finished this last summer. Um, it's in British Columbia, and the documentary is just simply Transmission. Okay. And um, it's going through all the film festival uh, circuits, but it's probably going to be available online um, maybe this spring or s next summer. And it's a great educational, tear-jerking, gut-wrenching documentary on what happens with the pneumonia when it gets into bighorn herds. Okay. And so um, look look for that. Transmission, Transmission. yeah, especially if you want to learn more about this and how yep. it impacts the herds. So definitely awesome. Well, thank you for that plug, and thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. This is catch you on where the getting's good if you're getting gone. I'm gonna put my boots and my hat back on, cause I'm long gone, just sketch you on. Long gone, just sketch you on. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show.